What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Ancient Wisdom, your weekly Pokemon TCG podcast. This is Corey Roush. Uh, with me, as always, is DJ Keener. DJ, how are you today? Hey, what's up, Corey? Doing well, man. Happy to be here. How are you? Good, 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 good. We're going a little bit early this week because we decided, uh, with, with like, while there is, like, online and there's a regional this weekend, the real thing to talk about for us this week, and I think for most people who are not traveling to Liverpool this weekend, mm. is Crown Zenith releasing this week. Uh, not a hugely meta-defining set in regards to like a ton of changes, but there's a few cards that I know we wanted to touch on and the art in this set is absolutely fantastic. Like I feel like we could do like a three hour podcast, just going through each art and just reacting. Yeah. I think we could literally have set this up with the uh, entire like trainer gallery or alt art, whatever they're all called. I know there's a couple different sets of like special arts in here and just have literally gone through a slideshow of them just continues to go. Oh yeah. That one's cool. Oh yeah. That one's cool. Yep, yep. This was the the first time since I've started playing Pokemon again. So, you know, throughout the entire pandemic, where when asked if I wanted to like pre-order any product, my immediate answer was I will take as much as you can give me because these cards are so cool. (laughs) Yeah, it's weird because like looking at the set, I'm like, because I did as well. And I'm like, wait a minute, did I really want to do this? Because most of this set is garbage. Oh, it's so bad, but the cool cards are so cool. Yeah, so if like anything cool I hit, I'm going to be happy. So like you just kind of deal with it. Yeah, I mean, you have to you have to take your lumps on that. I mean, here's here's the issue, right? If I don't, I'm going to be waiting for stuff to either get turned into the store or for me to go to an event, and I'm just going to end up getting them anyway. And at least this way, like, I can entertain myself for a little bit, put some codes online, hopefully get some uh, gems and crap. Because every time I want to build something stupid, I don't have the currency to do it. So <laughs> yeah, well, that that's the other thing, right? Is that I know I'm going to want to get some like I don't want to have to craft radiance or like stuff like that online because I think they're awkwardly more expensive than they should be. So. Um, yes, as I've learned from wanting to craft radiant or uh, amazing rares as well, it's yeah. unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I'm definitely excited. I we might be getting it whenever we go next time we go in. I, I'm not sure. It all depends on when it arrives. But I know we we both pre-ordered a bunch, and um, yeah, there. Like I said, there's not a ton of new cards, and even then, there's some new cards that I don't think are really worth talking about in terms of competitive play. Uh, so I'll be surprised that, like, I, I made a list of cards that, that are new that I wanted to talk about. And mm-hmm. uh, what I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, like I said, that's not all the new cards, but those are all the new cards that I'm generally interested in. So I'm interested, like, I'm kind of, you surprised me last time when we did uh, our first big set review was um, Silver Tempest. And, and we were kind of a little bit different on that. So I'm interested to see if, if um, that happens again. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with the full disclosure here. I don't know which cards are new. So, so <laughs> there are a couple That's... cards in here that I've picked out that I thought, oh, that card's neat. Um, not necessarily good, neat, that I'm not sure are new or not. Well, that'll that'll be funny, too. So I, I, I can appreciate that. Uh, and then at the end, I kind of wanted to touch on Liverpool a li- just, just briefly. Yeah, because... just talk about it a bit. Yeah, so, but let's get started. Uh, what 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 is the first card you want to kind of call out from Crown Zenith? Yeah, so I, I don't know. I know we're not really doing this in like a top whatever yeah. um, fashion or anything. So I, I'm just going to mention a card that just like to start here. Let's just ease ourselves in, you know, that uh, this is one of the ones that I'm not sure if it's new or not. And it's also definitely not good. Um, is the Absol in the set new that like Lost Stones a random card from your opponent's hand? I hand, hand disruption is like such a powerful effect. And I would be surprised if I missed that. But its attack is so expensive that there's like no way it's good. I, I okay. I'm glad you actually asked that one because that's one of the ones that I don't know if it is new because I've never seen that card before. But also, like no one, like, no, and again, it's, it could just be because it's like not good. But I've not seen anyone say anything about it. Let me see. There's there was an Absol in Astral Radiance. Is that 
that's not no that's that's the set before so no i think this is yeah it looks new to me it is a new card it is i, I was immediately intrigued because i saw like like the colors that are typically on the lost zone cards i saw i was like ooh, maybe this is good and uh like you said it's not awesome but it's it's neat yeah yeah it's just a it's just a cool card um i mean i think hand disruption is pretty underrepresented in the pokemon tcg mm-hmm. um that being said, it's like a difficult effect to get a lot of value out of a lot of the time because hands are so easy to refill. So, you know, a lot of the situations where you're able to take cards out of your opponent's hand, you're still like hoping they don't top deck their copy of research and have a full hand again. Um, but loss owning your opponent's cards is also actually really powerful. Like, you know, it's largely used as a uh, like proactive mechanic currently, other than Lost City that is used as disruption. Um, and Vacuum isn't really like Lost zoning those cards isn't normally hyper relevant. It just happens to lost zone them. Um, but like taking cards out of your opponent's hand can be really relevant disruption when they go to the lost zone instead of the discard. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I think that this seems like the kind of card that if that like I would not be surprised if in a year and a half Xander was playing in a control deck because Yeah, well I think the problem with that is the uh Luxray V does something very similar yeah. um and probably better. But... Yeah, I'm, I'm being very like that, but like I, my okay. My greater point is that I don't like if this no, is going no, to I see agree. play. Yeah. It is in a deck like that. It's not going to be for sure, like for that. sure, because it is awkward to, to power up. It, it's awkward to uh, like kind of like get the full use out of it. But if you are, it's for a specific reason. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm like, yeah, I think the the card is like I'm not. It's not immediate bulk like necessarily everything else, but it's also probably yeah, yeah, not yeah. that far off. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so that that was the first one I wanted to call out just because I thought it was a cool card that I didn't know existed. Um, and I don't know, these are like sort of honorable mentions because I just kind of wanted to talk about the cards briefly and I don't have a lot to say about them. So uh, I guess, do you have any other like kind of neat random cards you want to talk about? Um, that are on that level, like... There, there are a couple. I have another think, one, if not. <laughs> there's a couple that I think you might be higher on than me, so I'll, I'll save those for later. But I, I like one thing I would call out, and and it, it's very like I've mentioned it on here before, but I, I want to mention it again since we're finally doing Crown Zenith. I think the Bidoof is worth keeping in mind. Oh, uh, that was on my list is potentially the best card in the set. So okay, so yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> like it's the most boring, unexciting card in the set, but like that's the only one in here that I'm going to guarantee you with 100% certainty is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's go- it's 100% going to see play because. I mean, Bibber Alliance have already like they've won a world championship. They're going to they they already do see yeah, it's not going anywhere. Marginal play and like it only gets better post rotation. So. Yeah, it doesn't rotate. This is clearly the best Bidoof. Bibberal staying good. Yeah. But like it's the most boring, unexciting card possible. And there's like there's not even anything interesting about it. It's just like it's probably not strictly better than the other ones, but there are so few applications where this isn't the best Bidoof that like. I don't have much to say about it other than this card is clearly an upgrade and I'm going to try to get an art set of them. Yeah, well, that's the other thing, right, is it has an art set. And uh, yeah, it, that's sick. Even the regular art looks like, I mean, he's just, just sitting there he's just doofing. chomping on a tree stump. Yeah, he is very doof. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'll call out my other like goofy card in the set that I think might be decent. Um, and this was another one that I actually did check this one. So I'm sure it's, no, is the Guru. Um yeah. Its first attack is just choose a supporter from your dis- or from your opponent's discard pile. Yeah, I read it wrong. That's unfortunate. I thought we could be proactive with this and copy one out of our own discard. Um, but still, that's an interesting effect. And uh, I'm always going to call a guru on here because it is. I mean, it's in our logo. It's one of our favorite Pokemon. Uh, yeah, he's the goat. So we'll call a guru every time we can. 
Yeah, no, you know, I agree with that way more than I should. Unfortunately, this is not resource management, but hey, we'll take it. Maybe one day. Maybe they'll mess up again. Your opponent will screw up, put a rock sand in their graveyard, discard pile, whatever it's called in this game, and uh, it's basically resource management then. Sure. Close? Yeah, we'll go with close. Close is fine with me. I'm it's not real gonna... close. It, it's real close. So the card I thought you were going to call out, and we talked about it, we actually talked about it offline, and I don't know if it goes into this category or the other category. I know you said you kind of want to build with it, is the Luxray. So, oh yeah, the Luxray is going to be something that I would talk about more um, than that one. And I think the Luxray is really, really interesting. And so for those of you who haven't read the Luxray from the set, there's actually two Luxrays in here, which is unnecessarily confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, the the cool one has the ability explosiveness, which is if it's in your uh, starting hand during setup, you can put it face down as your active Pokemon. Um, and Luxray is normally a stage two, so obviously that's big time cheating. And you know, for like your basic starter, it's got 160 HP, which isn't bad. And for colorless, it attacks for 50 and searches your deck for up to two trainer cards, reveal them, put them into your hand. Um, number one, that card's just sweet. I dig the uh, card that let cards that let you cheat on setup and do different things. That's just like a unique effect. Um, it's also really powerful, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's another unique build around because you have to build your deck specifically to starting it because it's not worth like rare candying into it, right? So you need to start it and then take advantage of that ability to both deal damage and search disruption every single turn. And previously, there is a Togekiss VMAX deck that did basically the same thing, right? So mm-hmm. concept is sort of proven. This is a lot smaller and I don't know how you uh, <laughs> how you deal with the fact that if you like just play like four of these or something you have one 160 hp pokemon for the entire game but you know hopefully there's dolls or some way we can figure to work around that i don't know uh something else that i would call out and this is probably not something that even came to your like that would have come to your mind because i don't i actually Hmm. don't know if you were playing during this format so that's part of it as well but back in uh 2016 and i i I feel even more relevant calling this out because of how we're kind of transitioning into a new format that looks like it may be more evolution dependent um this what there was a, a talon flame that was inarguably better but very same concept where uh stage two could could play it in the active if it was your opener uh its attack was arrow blitz for a colorless did 40 and let you search for two cards and put them in your hand afterwards so that difference of two but uh that was a that was a four of in a uh in a world's deck uh in greninja no one really liked greninja break but like being able to kind of set up like that and and having that as something to kind of pivot out early uh, it, it's mm-hmm. just it's a powerful effect like you said it is a build around and i think that this is the kind of thing that we have to probably get another like i don't mean to keep calling out rotation but right now we're not in this like evolution dependent format where yeah yeah but i think when we are and you can build you can it becomes more easy to build around in that regard and i Wait, just, i mean there's a world where like it depends you have to kind of look at your numbers i guess like what your odds you want to be to to start this versus you know does your deck work if you either like have to evolve into it or if you have whatever other basics in your deck in some games you you spike you start with the luxray and play that way versus some games you start with whatever other basic um but i think it's it presents an interesting deck building challenge and mm-hmm. i mean again it, it's very powerful right so mm-hmm. whether it's good or not is kind of separate those two things don't like always line up which is interesting to say because it it seems like they should most of the time um but like this is good like strong and just don't know exactly how you make a deck function 
Yeah, it, it, it's interesting to me that the spiritual successor also to that uh, Greninja deck, because like so that example, they were able to play three, so they played four Talonflame and three Froki, mm-hmm. and those were your only starters, because yeah. you had the, uh, what's the the middle one for, uh, Frogadier, that could uh, get additional Frogadiers out of the deck and just put them on the bench as a basic for its attack. So oh, okay. we do have a uh, Curlia that does that for a Gardevoir that we are getting a bigger version of in this next set. And I'm actually looking as we're talking because, yes, there is a better version of Curlia right now that does trade, but yeah, or it's it's uh what refinement. Is refinement. But what's interesting about this Curlia that that actually lets you get multiple copies out is uh its attack Mirage Step says search your deck for up to three Curlia and put them onto your bench and then shuffle your deck. So it does not have to be Mirage Step. So you could just have a split or like a a three one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mean I'm deep in I'm deep in the in the in the in the no that's there, interesting. But... I mean, so one of the unfortunate things here is I mean, and maybe it works with the Gardevoir EX just using the the Gardevoir EX to like power themselves up. Or I mean, I know there's some different Gallades and stuff. I'm not sure mm-hmm. what rotates from that aspect. We haven't really looked too much at rotation yet. No, um, but I mean, yeah, there could definitely be something there where you just play like this and Ralts, and then you can, you know, play like a fair Gardevoir game if you happen to start Ralts, and if you start this, you can start the game off this way, heavy disruption, chip some damage in as you set up. So, I mean, that's the, you're like guaranteed to set up basically. If you start this, right, your opponent's probably not killing something with 160 turn one, unless we like right now that doesn't really happen. I should say um, it could, but you know, that's just not how the format looks right this second. And I mean, we know what we're getting for the most part in uh Scarlet Violet. though I haven't looked too deeply, but I have to assume that that doesn't change drastically. It doesn't you know, seem like barring it. some like the thing that attacks the most consistently turn one for decent damage just crammer it right and that's never killing this so and awkwardly enough with some sort of even if it's a slight damage modification or like vitality band or something like that mm-hmm. which we're getting back this one shots crammer in return because for yeah. weakness so yeah. it's it's an interesting like i i think that when I first saw this card, I was like, well, this is this is cute. This is a cool legacy card, but I, I don't think that this is something that is going to immediately catch on. And then the more I think about it, I don't know that it's ever going to be like the be- like in the best deck or something like that. But I, more, I would doubt that more, it is. It's there's just more too inherently to inconsistent, too. I mean, you know, you, you start running numbers, and even in like the best-case scenarios, you're not consistently starting with this guy short of playing like just these or like one other thing or whatever. And yeah. you have to kind of... It's like the kind of deck, too, where... You know, right now there's not a ton of local play, so this is less relevant. But like a lot of Pokemon is played in best of ones, and you like if you hit eighty percent of the time, which like I, I didn't do the hypergeometric. I'm sure that's not the exact number. If you play this plus one other basic or something, though, that would be you know four out of five. You, you get what I'm saying. Yep. Um, even if you hit eighty percent of the time, like in a a five round league cup challenge, whatever, whichever one that is like, you, you can't really afford to have your miss be in like a single Elim game when you need the points. And since so much of Pokemon is played best of one, um, when that level comes back, that's just like not a deck you can play in those environments. Yeah. I mean, you can, you just have to like, it has to know, be your day. You're <laughs> real brave. Right. But like yeah. in, in the best two out of three, interestingly, like you really can whiff, right. That's something that like we've kind of learned and worked on in other games where like, you're fine to play a deck that just punts some games, or maybe if you don't know a specific like tech in your opponent's deck, it's fine to just lose a game. And as long as you are able to win once you know. So um, I don't know. It's interesting because that definitely means like depending on level of play, this card's better or worse. Yeah. I But my, my overall point was the more I think about it, the more there's a lot more potential there. And that, that, mm-hmm. that like for a set that we were already down on, that's promising to me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I it's not necessarily something that, will be relevant for this but i mean 
we do have electric support in uh, Scarlet Violet. It doesn't play especially well with this from the cards that I've read, but it is an electric Pokemon, so there might be something there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, okay, is there any of the like lower tier stuff you wanted to talk about? Since I kind of jumped ahead. No, no, I, I'm actually super on board, but that's sort of, that's probably like the next card on the list. Um, okay. I think I would probably rate that and like like Reggie V Star in the same tier of cards that probably aren't actually good, but they're interesting. Yeah, I don't have Reggie um, V Star on here at all, so let's touch on that real quick. So, and this is another like I don't actually think this card is likely to be good. And um, looking ahead, the thing that I kind of liked about it actually is pretty quickly outclassed funny enough but something that i thought was interesting is it's big for a v-star it's got a lot of health you can you know amp that up a little more even with something like a big charm or whatever putting it into a very v-max area hp it's colorless you can put v-guard energy on it which i just thought was like interesting as far as being a tanky guy that attacks for decent damage um that being said the uh gyarados i guess doesn't outclasses but like the gyarados from scarlet violet is also a stage one of 300 hp so you know, there's some interesting pieces there to whether we're going to get stage ones to be bigger. Like you said, evolution being a little more emphasized and it kind of seems like big HP, but smaller attack boxes seems to be like the trend coming forward. Um, and I, I hate to talk too much about SV because we have some events with this before Scarlet Violet comes out. Um, yeah, I just think the card's interesting. And I also think the V-Star power, um, while not especially insane or powerful is good so the the v star is star guardian it's you can only use this if your opponent has one prize card remaining discard one of their bench pokemon and all cards attached to it there's situations where that can be really really strong and also situations against certain decks where uh that can just you know you can bench your opponent with that the attack does 230 currently we still have powerful colorless energy you know we have choice belt um it's not unreasonable to see this attack for like 320 uh, even more than that, if you have more powerful colorless, obviously, you know, kill whatever thing off your opponent's bench, knock out their guy, end the game. Again, don't necessarily think this one's actually good, but it's it's an interesting card, and you know, it's colorless, so we've got a lot of energies to play with right now, which is cool. Yeah, I think the the point you made about post Scarlet Violet is actually that actually makes this card a little bit better because yeah. it is in li- it is in line. Like right now, that looks really bulky for a V Star, but it is right in line with what we're going to be seeing with the stage one. Mm-hmm. Uh, EXs and the two the two thirty number is relevant because it one shots both Coridon and Miridon. If if either and or both see play, it does right. one shot those while not like. Well, and it still is going to one shot all the basic V's that are currently seeing play too that don't rotate right. Yeah. So the numbers are good. Um, yeah, and even I mean, yes, you will need a modifier, but even with like a DC, you can start attacking turn two to to knock out those things. Yeah, it's not. It's not terrible. I just don't know if it's no, no. I agree with that. It's just better that. than anything. It's it's playable, and I think a deck that doesn't care that much about its V star power that's like that is a real option. And you can sort of imagine like we haven't had decks that really do this where they have like multiple V stars that they can choose between in a game. Mm-hmm. Um, that just doesn't normally work out that way. Uh, some decks do, but not often. Uh, but you could see that as like an option in a deck if the attacker and bulk are deemed relevant enough that like you could, you know, Star Guardian instead of Aerodactyl yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, what else? Anything else on that tier? Or like, like the next thing I have is I'm I, again a, a card that I'm not a huge believer in, but you've been trying to sell me on. So I don't mean to just keep bouncing it back to you, but I there there there. So like something that's going to happen on these two is like I'm. It's funny because, like, I play, like, 
meta all the time, but I'm way more of a brewer than you are at the same time. Absolutely. Um, so like, yeah, I, I can see like these types of episodes will probably work out a little bit more like that, which is fine. Yeah. Where I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm getting you to convince like, so there's full disclosure. There are what one. So I have one, two, three, four, five, six. Is that only six? Wow. Six cards left on my list. Four of which I'm actual an actual believer in and two of which I need you to sell me on. So, yeah. Yeah. So the, the next one, I mean, I think this is, I don't know if this is on your list is one that I need to sell you on or just not on your list at all. But I think the Zacian V-Star is playable. That is one of the sellable ones, yeah. Um, and I, I definitely think that card is reasonable. I'm trying to just scroll to it on my set list that I have on my other screen here just to get everything correct. So the the thing with this card is exclusively the the V-Star for me, um, which is metal, metal, colorless, colorless, 310, just 30 damage to itself, whatever. None of that really matters. Um, again, this is, oh, your deck doesn't use a V-Star ability. Here's one that one-shots not literally anything, but with a choice spot, one shots everything. Um, Intrepid Sword is still like a reasonable bench sitter, and there's plenty of game states where you like, you know, you're doing whatever setup stuff, and you can end your turn going, all right, Intrepid Sword, draw three. Um, in a deck that doesn't have a ton of reliable like ways to deal with something extremely thick, uh, like uh, maybe a non uh, Rayquaza Lost Box variant, especially. Uh, this is something that you can use. You don't have a V-Star in there already. You can set it up easily with Mirage Gate, and you can knock out something gigantic. Um, I know, like, Duraladon, as an example, is considered a pretty bad matchup for some of the, the Lost Box variants. Uh-huh. This this can easily just knock out a Dura through all of its protections, just kills it. There's a, a use right there, right? Uh-huh. And same thing, Lost Box, a decent number of games. Your early turns, you don't have enough switch effects to go through your comfy Zan attack with a Cramorant. So, you know, comfy, comfy, scoop up, comfy. Okay, Intrepid Sword in my turn. So, you know, you're kind of telling your opponent, like, yeah, you can you can chase the Zacian and take two prizes, which is downside for sure. Or you can start cutting my engine out, which is also, like, an interesting... It's not strict downside. It's a two-prizer, right? Like, we've seen decks like that play Luminian to decent success as well. I guess... Um, so, oh, go ahead. I don't want to No, just, just final thing is the first attack also is a shred, which those decks aren't walled by... Uh, like a mill tank or anything, but they are walled by Ice Cube. That's the the one. Yes, so this would already uh, get through Ice Cube by being evolved. But yeah, you don't have to use the V Star yeah. in that situation. But yes, exactly. So there's another. Yes, yeah. so this sort of is like an anti. Like it's just an answer to cards that can beat certain decks, both by one shotting things that are gigantic and normally wall you, or by going through safeguard type abilities. Um, when I say this card is good, this card is not a you know staple that's going to be in a ton of decks or anything, but it is something that I believe is playable. Yeah. So and and I'm probably being too simplistic in this regard, but or not even simplistic, or, but just like kind of where like my head is currently at in terms of Lost Box, in the sense that if I'm going to put V's into Lost Box and say I don't have a V Star power, I'm playing a different card from this set. Actually, sure, I'm playing sure. two different cards from this set. Sure, and I... I think those are all reasonable uh, takes there, for sure. I just think, like, there is... Again, this is not a card that is always going in your deck. This is a card that answers yeah. a problem. Yeah, so that's um, fair. Which I think it I think it has, like, again, easily outlinable uses. And so you can find the use case for it. And, you know, if you identify that a game that this card answers or solves problems, and, like, it's not unreasonable to put this in your deck, and the, the lower stage is not... 
like a bad card on its own, especially if there's already reasons to put metal energies in your lost box yeah. as we go through the good cards in the set. Um, not even counting, you already want to play them if you play Amazing Raikou, right? Yeah. Or even the uh, Amazing Zation to mm-hmm. kind of keep going with that. There's plenty of reasons to put metal energies into your lost box deck already. And so that makes it even lower downside. Yeah, no, I I could be I could be sold on it. It, it. It's like I said, it's just and like that's one of those game states where you're already talking about where even if you have him in play as a V star, it you don't even have to use his V star power. But it's nice to have the option to use his V star mm-hmm. power or use something else's, which we'll get to in a little bit. But yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's fair. again, just uh, it is strictly like if the metagame dictates this being good, yeah. it's not a card that you just put in your deck proactively. Yeah, 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 for sure. That makes that makes a lot of sense. I I, I understand where you're coming from. The other also, one, it's I wanna... like a free roll to get one. Just yeah, a copy. <laughs> but that's true. The other one I wanted you to sell me on, and I like I understand that the notion is that all of these have seen found a home somewhere, so this one may as well. I. I don't... I don't have a lot to to offer on this one. You're going to mention Radiant Charger Bug here, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I have no idea how this is going to be good, but I think literally every Radiant has found a way to see play at this point. And, yeah. you know, they're all unique abilities. Uh, you know, it's a bench sitter that just does things. Um, I don't I don't know where the math lines up that this sitting on your bench and your opponent attaching something is going to, to change the world or anything. I have no idea. Uh, but... At this point, after Radiant Alakazam has even seen play, I just they've all seen play. I just believe that there's a chance that this is good somewhere. Um, Oddly enough, there's only two that have not. I have not. I'm I've looking not. up what they are to see if I'm if they're literally all all have seen play, or if there's a couple that are so bad that I just don't know what they are. There's a couple that have not seen play that I've seen yet. One I actually think is good, and we just haven't experimented with. The other one is just dog water. So I want to see when okay. we get there. Okay, yeah, I have them pulled up here. So. Uh, I'll just go through them. Uh, mm-hmm. Radiant Heatran has seen play. Is oh, decent. yeah. Uh, Radiant Greninja, insane card. Radiant Halucha, good card. Radiant Venusaur, works in the decks it's supposed to. Radiant Charizard, obvious. Radiant Blastoise, extremely good card. Radiant Eevee. That's the one I think actually has potential. But... I think that, so I actually, when this set came out, I immediately grabbed them because it's like, yeah. oh yeah, this card is actually pretty good. And it hasn't worked out, but there are certainly like homes i could see that card seeing play in some sort of combo deck if it ever works out that way it just hasn't yet but i mean you know similarly we've seen like is it the rapid strike sylveon that wants you to have a bunch of different types on your bench yeah it's good i mean that's obviously an attacker doing damage but it's not unreasonable to set up a bunch of different types on your bench and then get a bunch of free cards for it i I think that's the kind of card that gets much better when something like marnie rotates because right now the only hand disruption will be like will be judge and if like like if you're, if that's the only thing, and like say people maybe people don't play it because I mean I think maybe, like yeah so people proactively put Marnie in decks that like don't need Marnie correct more often that's what I mean judge for some reason and it's like it's a one card difference if, if hand disruption's good it's good um but you know whatever I I don't know so we'll see I agree with that though I mean you, yes you're probably going to see less of it just by default though I mean I think I think personally like I don't mind just swapping Marnie for Judge in most of the I decks. agree I, I'm just projecting masses as opposed to yep. what i actually yeah going through the rest of these real quick uh i'll just save the bad one for last we've got guard of radiant gardevoir radiant sneezler radiant serena radiant alakazam radiant jirachi all playable all have been good all have seen use and then radiant steelix yeah. the one that is actual stone garbage mm-hmm. uh i have nothing to say for radiant steelix that has sort of hurt my argument though you know that's fine one I mean, miss if, on if you're like one out of like are. 12 then I, I think you're okay 
yeah, yeah. One of 13 so far is not, is like definitely bad. And then the EV has not seen play, but I think could be playable. Yeah. You're also, as they print more of them, you do run into more competition for the slot, which also yeah. is problematic. Um, though most of them are like very narrow, which is good. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say most, but like a lot of them are very narrow. And, you know, they find their home where they're supposed to find their home. You don't just pick one of them to shove in your deck, which could be the issue with the Charger Bug. But uh, my my argument is strictly that they've all found a way to see play. I'm going to bet that this one finds a home somewhere. It's low-key good in something like uh, like the Hisui and Zoroark deck that sure. if their stadium gets bumped and they're trying to, like, actually put damage counters on their things or to, like, make their damage better on the other side. Uh, I mean, and you're, you're working. So in that deck, a lot of times you play Halucha to fix math on VMAXs, and this but, can sort of do the same thing because they have to attach to their VMAX. So, you know, yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, right there, you found... Like, again, sometimes the use case is super fringe on these, but if one deck plays it, that's good enough. It, I mean, this is a card I know that if I pull or, like, if I see just, like, and it's, like, free, like, I'm going to take it. Because, Same like, thing as the Zation. It's going to be a free to... roll. Get one. Hold on. There's no it. reason for it to not You might as well own one of every Radiant. Like, even just get the Steelix. I have no oh. idea how it could see playable. but I have a Steelix in my one. box. I, I will never sleeve it up, but I have a Steelix yeah. in my box. And I actually, funny enough, I have a Steelix. I pulled it one of the weeks I took packs at Locals. I don't have the Sneasler because I've never played any of the decks that's good in, but maybe I'll change that. I, well, Sneezler is the whole thing that makes, like, uh, it, it, like you turn it in. So yeah, like, I just don't yeah. have. I don't. I get I, it. Yeah, I don't know when I'll play those cards. You know why? Poison's cool. Okay. Anyways, um, so I've tried to sell you on those. We can talk about the good cards next. <laughs> I like that. I like good cards. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not. I think I'm missing at least one of the ones you have on here. How many? So wait, how many cards do you have left? Three. Yeah. So I think I'm just Ooh. more bullish on on one than you are. All right. Lay it on me. You go with yours. And I let's save the ones that I'm gonna assume we both have on the list at least for last. So yeah, yeah. Well, I, I I'm very mostly because I can spend a long time talking about uh, a couple of these cards. So yeah, and I, I'm 99 percent sure they're the same. Uh, yeah. I think Roton V Stars at least worth talking about. Okay. Yep. Me too. That wasn't one. Of you, that wasn't one of your remaining ones. Or uh, that was the that was the debatably third okay. one. I actually had kind of crossed that off my list because I was talking about it yesterday already for yeah. a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I like I don't know the deck cards. That card's going to I I don't think it's the exact same level of play rate or the same level of of good as like the aforementioned Hasuians or V Star was, but I do think that it's the kind of deck that if I saw in day two of of a region or something like that, I wouldn't be terribly stunned. It hits a good weakness. Mm-hmm. It's it's seen play already in Japan and it just mm-hmm. for whatever like for whatever reason we didn't get it. Um I don't know. I, I like I think it's yeah. worth trying. Oh, I think it's for sure worth trying. I it's it can hit really high numbers. Like you said, it hits a good weakness, though. I mean, Dunsparce doesn't rotate, so good luck. Um, but, I mean, I'm sure we can find a way in, uh, you know, our lightning deck to deal with uh, the bench Dunsparce. And, and um, uh, real quick for anyone, because I, I obviously am bad at doing this, but uh, the, so yeah. Rotom V-Star. Yeah. Uh, so we already had Rotom V, which I guess I'll mention that because they go they they do go hand in hand. So Rotom V, it has an ability. Uh, once during your turn, you may draw three cards if you use this ability. Your turn ends. Like you just said about uh, Zacian V, a reasonable thing in the early game whenever you're still getting set up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then their attacks are very similar. Uh, so for Lightning, Lightning, the V uh, does forty damage. Plus, you may put any number of Pokemon tools from your discard pile into the Lost Zone, and you do 40 more for each. Uh, the difference between the V and the V-Star is that the V-Stars is 80 plus 40 for the same effect. Uh, and then the V-Star also has a V-Star power, 
conversion star that discards any number of cards from your hand and then draw that many cards. Obviously, they're to just kind of dump out any tools you don't need or just like to boost that damage up so that you're able to kind of plow through from there. I don't know. Like, there's... Yeah, no, it's interesting. Um, There's an abundance of tools right now. Like, the V-Star is good. Is it... Is it better than, like, some of the other... I mean, you need to put them into your discard pile, so it, it's obviously good here, but it's interesting that, like, the there's a lot of situations where this will be worse than, like, the Zoroark V-Star power. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you just have to make do. I guess you're not going to put worse cards in your deck just to have that extra V-Star. Um, I mean, the challenge here is setting up the number of items in your, or uh, tools in your discard pile that you need, right? Because, I mean, Lugia is easy to kill without Dunsparce because of the weakness, but yeah. a lot of other V-Stars, I mean... It, so what's your game plan here? Are you trying to hit, like, 120 one turn, 160 the next turn? Are we two-shotting? Because we're we're frail. We're only 250. Or are we trying to, yeah. like, turbo five of these into our discard pile each time we need to? Because you also lost them, so that's difficult as well, yeah. right? Yeah. So, like, how many tools do you play? How are we getting them in our discard pile? It's, it's, it's a deck builder's kind of not dream but it's a fun card to deck build with because it's it's an interesting puzzle to solve and i mean yeah again the damage is good the v-star power is good there's a lot of good tools you know it's another one of those decks just how do we how do we set up how do we do it and i guess i'll I'll ask you i saw a japanese list i've only seen one but what's your game plan on how to set it up do you like well i'll let you go no i was just saying i was i was was in the process of looking up japanese lists as well and i've not Found, so I, I'm talking I about it. the one that I saw. It, yeah. it was playing the single strike tools and using Tower of Darkness, so you can discard with those, um, dig through your deck a little bit more. Um, but then other than that, I mean, it, the only way it was putting the tools into your discard was through its researches, Serena's, the V-Star power. Um, I don't know, and that's, that's fine, but the tools also don't do anything when you're playing. Like, you're just playing like five, six. They might have been playing more. I think it was more like eight bricks just to make your stadium work as well. Um, I don't know. So to me, something that would be interesting would be doing like uh, stop and potentially like a uh, Celebrations Mew engine to dig through your deck. That only works till Scarlet Violet, but <laughs> as far as finding your tools, the, the Pokestop will just put them in your discard pile in the future. So that actually is debatably better. Yeah. Um, I was actually going to call out Pokestop as the stadium with that in mind, always yeah, like, thinking yeah. like that. But yeah, I mean, so way, like, right like, now you have to get, you put them in your hand and then you, you get an extra card when you discard your hand with Rotom's V-Star power or, or, you know, whatever you discard them when you research. Um, the, the issue I find is that you only get to V-Star once. And so are we just hoping to hit enough tools into our hand each turn and then research or what? You know, is there, is there a real possibility here to play like a, a Curlia or a, uh, Sanchino to like make two of them into our discard. Is that too clunky? Because now we're taking deck slots away from yeah. you know tools and, and dig abilities. Like a, the best thing in my head so far has just been to play like these, like the Rotoms, Muse, uh, maybe like Crobat, Luminian, uh, the good ball search so you can discard them, you know, trekking shoes, Pokestop, a bunch of, you know, maybe just like eight eight discard draw supporters plus some bosses. I, I don't know. Um and then just like play the good tools, right? You get to play a bunch of big charms, a bunch of choice belts, a bunch of uh, air balloons. I'm sure there's some other just like, you know, you can play parasols if it's good mm-hmm. somewhere and for this deck. So, I mean, there's good tools. That's not like finding tools to put in your deck is not the issue. It's finding a cohesive game plan. Yeah, I think that when we like, I think whoever figures this out, if they figure it out before we do, which is very likely because there's no oh, way yeah, either yeah. of us are going to grind with this a ton, especially right off the gate. 
I think we're going to like the way the necklace looks other than having like 17, 18 tools in it because I think it's going to yeah, be playing stuff. bricks. They don't, yeah. they don't progress your game state, you know? So but I mean, hate, I think, yeah. We're going to hate that, but we're going to like the trekking shoes, which I assume will be mm-hmm. in there, and the mm-hmm, poker stops, sure. which I assume will be in there. Or if we, they play the Tower of Darkness, we I know both of us have, have we really just like that card, so we'll be into it. And so I think, I, I think funny yeah. enough, we'll end up working on this more than we're thinking because it sounds like one of our friends uh, is interested in the deck. So we'll probably end up working a bit on the brew as well. I also think one of the kids at Locals really likes this deck and has wanted it since he saw it got cut from Lost Origin. So even if we're not, I, I like I assume he'll be talking to us about the deck. Yep. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised by that either way. So I do think that this is a card that's going to remain on our radar, even if it is not something that we play. Agreed. Agreed. So let's go ahead uh, and move on to the next card. So I'm fascinated. You said you have two cards left? Yep. So I'm missing one of the ones that you have. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it most likely answer is that I didn't read the card. I skipped past it on accident, or I don't think I so because discounting. We've talked about all three of these cards, or so. I forgot to put it on my list, which is equally all, likely. All this possible. So why don't you start? Go. You pick the next one, and then I'll pick one from there. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, my my next one. Um, this card's very bland, so there's not a ton to talk about with it, but it's very good. So I'll just bring it up. Is the Revenge the Amazenta? Yep. Um. Another one up there with the Bidoof and running for for potentially the best card in the set. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yet again, not really an exciting uh, card, an exciting ability, but it's very good, right? And so what the uh, Zamazenta does uh, is, first off, it's got the ability Metal Shield, which makes it take 30 less damage from attacks. Uh, it's 130 HP basic. And then its attack is Metal Metal Colorless Revenge. It does 100 damage additionally. Or it does 100 damage, I'm sorry, if any of your Pokemon were knocked out last turn it does 120 more damage um, i was going to get those backwards but so this attacks back as a one prizer for 220 it's fairly thick at that point too it has to take 160 damage to die you can obviously augment that if you wanted to though i doubt you would want to put anything to make this thicker 160 is pretty good most of the time um, especially for a basic and you know 220 is a lot of damage especially when you're doing uh trading with Cramorant in this, you know, over two attacks, that'll kill most three prizers or most buffed up defensive two prizers. So you're able to take key knockouts, prize trade really efficiently. And a lot of times I feel like these like revenge type attacks are awful if you didn't get knocked out last turn. If this one like survives an extra turn and you just attack again for a hundred, that's fine too. That's not bad. So yeah. this card's really good. It's obviously seen a lot of play in uh Japanese lost box lists already. And I don't expect that to change here, especially since, as I kind of alluded to earlier when we were talking about uh, Zacian VSR, we started to see metal energies in our Lost Box lists anyway already as we've moved towards like the Rikos and that sort of thing. So, you know, I I think it's just a slam dunk that this card sees play. Yep. Yeah. Somebody who loves Lost Box, uh, I'm I'm excited for this card just because it like, it just answers some of the problems that you've like been playing. I don't want to say bad cards, but bad cards to answer. Like the fact that this just immediately can one shot it just is so much better at one-shotting uh, uh, Stoutland V, which is such a priority for Lost Box decks. And it kind of, like, because it can then tank something, like, unless they're swinging with a Lugia, like, like none of the their one-prizers other than um, Evital. Uh, I'm going to stop talking because the one-prizers can't answer this, <laughs> but the Reiku can't. Yeah, I, I'm sitting there saying, I'm like, wait a minute. But uh, wait, Charizard kills it. Wait, yep, Evital yep, kills it. Yep, wait. Yep, yep. But yeah, I mean, Reiku doesn't, which is great because that means the Reiku doesn't take uh, two prizes back on you. Amazing Reiku, 110 HP. Yeah. So, you know, with Goon, this can one-shot that as well, which is, you know, actually really relevant because you don't want to have to... Like, one of the problems with this card is that it's going to demand switches to get out of your active or it's going to be extremely taxing on your energies. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but with Goon, it still kills the Raikou, because they still may present that to just attack this and kill something on your bench, since you can't easily answer it. Yeah. Um, so, they, you know, you're forced to have the Goon still, which I think you would play anyway. I think there's a couple different cards that are 230 anyway, so... Well, wait a minute. You just said... So you're saying if the Raikou knocks something out on your bench, this then does Oh, it's a great it. point. Yeah, this this just attacks for more. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, so... I'm thinking it's... it has to kill your active Pokemon for some reason, which is not yeah. how that works. Yeah. Yeah. No, great point. So, I don't know. I think that... I'll see it depends on the way, like, I, I think we're adjusting the way we're building Lost Box in general anyway, but I do think that this will 100% find a home. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's interesting when you say that, because, like, I'm still not, I'm still not convinced that, like, Rayquaza, Raikou Lost Box is strictly better than Kyogre Lost Box. I'm I not think either. both decks are very good, but I mean, I think, like, obviously in any version that you're going to put Metal Energies in, you're going to play this card, right? So, like, there's Slam Dunk right there, basically if you're playing an Amazing Rare engine in your uh, lost box actually playing this card um you know it's interesting whether that also could include the option of putting metal energies in this and whatever that opens up with the energies you already have into like the kyogre version i, I don't know that's like i'm not trying to get into specifics here with that yeah, one no. um but i mean i think you know that's always one of the fun things about lost box is what mirage gate gives you access to so you can fit this into your lost box list as long as you can fit the requisite number of energies i mean First off, Lost Box decks have gotten outrageously greedy with this, so like I'm positive I'm going to see Liss playing this with exactly two metal energies in it. Yeah, I don't um, like that. Which I hate. <laughs> yeah. But I, I just know I'm going to see it, and I know I'm going to be angry, but that's fine, whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, as long as you can fit a couple metal energies in there with your uh, Mirage Gates, this works, right? So, yeah. And you're basically always playing uh, Energy Recycler or Ordinary Rod or whatever, so... I mean, I just like two, but maybe three is enough to make everything happen that we need to do. So, yeah. you know, I think that this is, again, debatably the best card in the set. And uh, along with the Bidoof, the most guaranteed to find success. Yeah, for sure. Uh, then I'm going to pick the card next that I think you probably forgot based on where we're... Or not forgot, yeah. or... Uh, forgot I probably wrong. forgot. No, I, where are we at? What you got? Sky Ceiling Stone. The... Oh yeah, I just forgot to put it on my list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I like that's another card that I, I it's funny because you alluded to it earlier, and I was like, oh yeah, of course that card's insane, and I just I just forgot to write it down. Oh yeah, so it's another one of those for anyone that has been paying attention to competitive play lately with uh, the what what is it Forest Seal Stone that has seen a lot of play in Mew, and then uh, Vikavolt lately. It is a tool card that you can put on any V, and it gives them the V Star power Star Order. You may use this ability during your turn, during this turn, when damage from an attack of your basic Pokemon V knocks out your opponent's active Pokemon V star or V max, take one additional prize card this turn. Obviously, that is very specific and it has to be on your basic V and their V star or V max, but taking additional prize cards is a broken effect in this game. And in something like the Kyogre Lost Box that is playing the Dragonite, if that is knocking out like a, a, a Stoutland and you're using your V-Star power that turn that you wouldn't usually use. Uh, taking three prizes on a Stoutland absolutely mitigates the risk of you're giving up two prizes with the Dragonite because you're cheating yeah. another prize out. Or like... I mean, even if you just kill the Lugia with it, if they're not playing uh, V-Guard Energy, you know, you just choice band, kill Lugia, take three prizes. Like, the yeah, options can, are there, especially with the Dragonite. I was um, just saying, because you can put that... You don't, that tablet can go on a different 
the Pokemon, and like, mm-hmm. I, like, it wouldn't shock me if you're seeing something like some of the lists already. We're playing things like Reiku V and Dragonite mm-hmm. V and sometimes Luminian V because getting that, that Koros is that important. Right, if... and that one can jump out anyway. It's not as risky. Yeah, and then additionally something that we've seen in, in recent weeks because of the emergence of Vikavolt is a Galarian Zapdos V. Like, I, I don't know. I think that this card is there's like there's going to be highlight real moments. I don't think that it's necessarily the best V-Star power that every deck is going to have access to, but if you split the difference between maybe one of this and one of the Forest Seal Stone and then kind of pick and choose your spots or like in a deck that already has a V-Star power like that Zacian you're already talking about. Yeah. Like, yeah, the same thing. You pick your spots. There's some matchups or some situations. That's, you know, something I, I've been very interested in that we haven't seen work out definitely is the like multiple V-Star angle, which like the Arceus decks do it with like Aerodactyl and Arceus, but really that's about it right now that I can think of. Um, but yeah, I think this card is very good. I think like part of the issue or question we're going to have to ask and figure out is what do you need to play as far as V's for this to be good? Um, And is it worth playing additional V's if, you know, what you already have in your list is enough? So just like, as an example, the deck we have right now for what we use the Kyogre Lost Box, it has exactly one V in the list currently, just Dragonite. Um, And as is, the players who have worked on that deck did not deem that enough to play a four seal stone, just as an example. You know, is it just Dragonite enough to play Sky Ceiling Stone as one of? Probably not, right? Now, let's say we change the electric attacker to Raikou V instead of Azera Aura. Is that enough now? Is playing two of them enough? Is is that good? Um so it, is that better than playing four seal stone? Like I, you know, I think so. I think in that situation it is, but I'm just kind of asking questions that I think are important to think about with this card. I think, and this is this is relevant not only because it's already a deck in the format, but because of w- the last card we're going to end up talking about. I think the Raladon is going to see an increase in play coming forward. And mm-hmm. for a lot, like the Kyogre player said that one of the biggest selling points of the Dragonite, just beyond being able to answer Stoutland and things like that, is because it gives you, it, it tilts your the Raladon matchup so much because hitting for 250 to be able to like do a substantial amount of damage to a Duraludon is so relevant. Yeah, absolutely. Now, if you tell me I get to do that and take an additional prize, and then all I have to do is KO one Arceus, gosh, that makes that matchup so free. Or not free, but like so much, like that goes from being a bad, really, really bad matchup. Probably to a solid matchup, right? Right. I would say probably favored. And like, that's, that's the kind of swing that I, I can really just put like vault, like Lost Box is already like, one of the most played decks in the in the format, but I think that this could even increase it, and I think that that's something to look forward to. That's interesting. I, I guess to me, I don't feel like this is a card that swings the play rate of Lost Box, but I mean, I do think there are certainly matchups that this can be the card that swings you in for sure. When I say play rate, um, I could see it flipping. Like, I mean, if you combine the variants, it's already it, it would be second, but mm-hmm. like, I, I think that this hammers at home as being more played than you. No, that's fair. I, I think that yeah, I guess I already consider it to be the second best played deck because I'm adding var- the variants together. But yeah, fair. Um, no, yeah, that's interesting. I guess to me, the only reason that there's some like trepidation there is that this doesn't line up well with. I mean, I know you mentioned like some people do play the Raikou V, some people do play the Galarian Zapdos V. So I guess if you think those cards are good already, this lines up. But I think about like Pablo's list from uh, San Diego. I is there a single card in that deck? Did he play a single thing you can put this on? You know, prior to this past weekend. Um, debatably, there was a Drapion in the deck sometimes, but yeah. other than that, you know, the Grant Azul, etc. list also played zero targets for this. Yeah. 
Um, so you have to make the concession that you think this ability is strong enough to put cards in your deck that it works on as well. Yeah. Um, which isn't necessarily true. Yeah. Um, I mean, that being said, like, we already talked a, a lot at different points about how playing the Drapion makes the Mew matchup super favorable for Lost Blocks. It, like, goes from being probably 50-50, um, maybe one deck is slightly favored. I think players with both decks will argue about that until yeah. the day they die. Yeah. But if you play the Drapion, it's obviously Lost Box favored. And can you imagine slapping this on a Drapion against Mew? Game's just over. <laughs> yeah, no, it, yeah, it's, it just is. So like you, uh, you, you don't even need to play anymore. You have won. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. There's definitely some value there. Um, a, a lot of times, if they don't have the Dunsparce, Raikou V will be good enough to take a prize against the Lugia. So that's another way that you could flip prizes. Um, Galarian Zapdos, another good option. Uh, does knock out the Stoutland. God, I can't remember the card's name. <laughs> can knock out Stoutland, so there's some benefits there as well. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things to think about. It just comes down to, like, Lost Box is obviously an always evolving deck. You can always put different attackers, different energies, like the right cards for whatever situation fit into the deck easily. Um, so it just depends if, like, I think, to me, the Vs would have to line up in a way where you want to play them already to play this card. I guess this card wouldn't make me want to put more Vs in my deck. The exception there is if we think we want to play Dragonite, no matter what, for every matchup. And if we think that switching Zara Aura to Raikou V is just, like, two Vs is enough that you would play this card, that seems like an easy load downside swap. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. And, so, and somebody that has bounced, like, and, and obviously the higher end players have as well, bounced from every light, lightning attacker in this format. Mm-hmm. So, like, and I don't, I don't know which one I like the best. Like, I, they, I think mm-hmm. they all have their merits. So, like, sure. if I'm already considering that, if I already think Dragonite has the potential to be very good in that deck as well, yeah. And everyone who's tried it seems to think that it's insane. And it, so, say in a word, say there's a word where I agree with both of those. That where I think that where I think Raikou is close to equal Zara Aura. And I think Dragonite is almost a, a lock to be in the deck. If I don't think two yeah. is enough, but I think three is enough, it's not that, like we already said, it's not that hard of a leap to get to play the Luminian because being able to search right, is, right. is so good. And then I think, like, I, I don't know. No, yeah, it's it's not hard to put the Luminian in. It's not hard to put the Drapion in if you think yeah, that that's, there's yeah, like a weekend so. where you have to beat Mew or if there's going to be Mewtwo V Union decks at your tournament. I mean, yeah, so I, I, I think I agree with that, right? Because you definitely need enough targets for it for it to be good, but that's not that hard to do. It's just getting there, I guess. You have to make sure you put them in your deck and then find space for this. And something that also is interesting, like we talk a lot about how you can fit whatever you want into Lost Box or play whatever you want in Lost Box. Interestingly and very counterintuitive to that, space is really tight. There's so many cards that you like have to play and suddenly it's like, oh, I'm cutting search cards. I'm cutting switch cards. I'm cutting, you know, so it is easier said than done to put another what is a brick as far as setup goes in your deck because you're almost certainly cutting a card that helps set up. Um, but you also maybe can put this in in place of an attacker because you need one less prize when you play this card. So Yeah. Well, speaking, right, of, things, speaking of things that adds bricks to Lost Box, but also possibly a higher ceiling. Yeah, you uh, want to talk about Radiant E-Turn? Let's talk about Radiant E-Turn. I mean, I don't even... like. I, I don't know that I'd necessarily at this point argue that it's the best card in the set because like you said, I think we can already... There, there's no, other candidates. I don't think it's the best card in the set. I, well, I think it could be. It has the highest ceiling of any card in the set. It is certainly my favorite card in the set to think about. It looks yeah, so sure. much fun. Uh, so it has Radiance of the One Protecting. As you're probably aware, if you've heard us talk about Pokemon for this long, uh, its ability is Climactic Gate. Once during your turn, when you play this card from your hand onto your bench, you may search your deck for up to two Pokemon VMAX and put them onto your bench. 
and then your turn ends. And then for fire dark colorless, it does 200. It's kind of funny to me that the attack is reasonable. Uh, like, if it, like, this <laughs> card is just not had an attack. They could have printed it with just like, the ability. It could have been either, like three energies, 10 damage, flip a coin if Tails' this attack does nothing. I would be like, oh, yeah, that's a reasonable attack for it to have. I was going to say, you could make it ditto where it literally just has the ability and that's it. Like, no yeah, other. Yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah. I would have been like, yeah, no, I'm, in, I'm intrigued. But, sure. like, the fact that it has both is, is I, I, I don't know. I think that this is the kind of card that I'm so excited to play around with. Like, obviously, like, it's seen some success in Japan already with Duraludon VMAX and Flying Pikachu VMAX. And I think that that's very reasonable. Uh, but, like, there's a world of possibilities. It could be Shadow Rider Calyrex. It could be. Uh, I'm, I'm like, there's. I'm trying so to there's like. Some... So there's the obvious things you can do with this, um, which I think we'll probably talk the most about. But, like, obviously, you can put it into Arceus decks and just, like, you know, arc onto Pikachu and Duraludon, right? Mm-hmm. So you can sort of play, like, Arc Dura or Arc Peak, but you get to pick what you're putting energies on great. Um, obviously, you can put this into Lost Box where you can find any energies you want. And same token, obviously, you can put this into Lugia where you can find any energies you want and power things up. Cool. The th- most interesting things this does to me are, like you just mentioned, Shadow Rider, mm-hmm. which is a deck that wants to put a couple VMAXs onto its bench. And this just lets you cheat those out there. You skip the setup step. They're gigantic. They're not getting run over immediately. And now you've got two Shadow Riders into play and you can go off. Um, and the other one, this is a deck that we don't like, but I actually do think that this card could make this see a little bit of resurgence is Kyurem. Uh Just cheat a couple of those into play or even one in an Ice Rider. Uh, I think that's interesting. You do give up Radiant Greninja in those decks for this, but I, that's just really powerful, right? Anytime you're putting a couple of VMAXs into play. Uh, something that's interesting, too, just from like a, a gameplay perspective, yeah, this gives up a prize and doesn't do anything in a lot of those decks, but you're putting two three-prizers into play. It doesn't, so like, yeah. it doesn't change prize math unless you present a two-prizer. Um, you can present another one-prizer, even. Like, it's very interesting. So I think there's something there for sure. I think that like the ability to put some of these VMAXs that do set up for you into play uh, has a lot of upside. So I guess what are what are you most interested in doing with this card? I think we can talk about a lot of different things, a lot of different decks, and uh, I'm excited to start building with it for sure. Yeah, I mean, like there's there's even bad decks that you didn't talk about that are, are almost certainly still bad, but like... Actually, I missed one that I thought would be... That's another thing you can do with it, too, which I don't think this fixes that. I feel like you can put two Regieleckis on your bench. But that was what I was going to say, right? Is There's Regielecki, yeah. there's... Uh, there's. I mean, oh, yeah, if you go first with, with like, Reggie Vikavolt, like, you just put your Vika into play, manual attach one energy, Eternatus put two Eleckis on your bench. Okay, but, like, deal with it. Uh, there's... Uh, where did it go? I just saw it now because it's 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 obscure, but it's um <laughs> oh or Beetle V Max, which has seen it saw niche play during oh, the pandemic, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is is neat. Um, I don't know if it's good, but it's it's certainly neat. Uh, and then this is something that I would want to try. I it's still probably bad, and I don't even think I'd play. I mean, you might play one of the energies because it's also the same energy that goes into uh uh Eternatus. The draw power of, of Rayquaza VMAX and just... Okay, so that's on my list is a, a card that you could just get with this. You just put it in a deck yeah. and then get Rayquaza. Um, you know, along with whatever your, like, attacker is, you just get Ray as, like, your setup guy. The issue is that the Ray is so hard to attack with unless you build your deck around Oh, yeah, it. I'm never attacking with but... it. It's, it's just a power through. I mean, there is an interesting, like, use case there, though, where you put two Rays on your bench and actually do play the Rayquaza deck, right? Like, just power it up from there. Hey Dave, your thing. yeah. Real quick, this answers. This also answers the question. Like, I mean, obviously, this is gimmicky as all get out, but 
that answers the question about what you would do with the Red Tom V Star, right? Because you're, how do, you're like, how do I continuously discard my tolls? Oh yeah, you get Rayquaza off this. That's a great. That's a great idea. That's a great bad idea that I will probably put waste some now. I feel like we have to try it. Yeah, hundred cool, percent. Right? Yeah. So I like. That's why I like this card. I don't necessarily think that this is... I mean, I do think this will see some amount of meta play, but I don't think it's meta changing overall. But it's a really fun card. It's an extremely fun card. It's extremely interesting. Mm -hmm. And again, this has just an insanely high ceiling. So, like, something that I think is really cool, like, just from, like, the the fair uses of it would be, like, you play this in, like, an Arc Peak deck, except you also get to play... uh, Coco V Max, but you don't have to play all the setup, you know, basics for both of those cards. You just use this, put them on your bench, and go from there. You know, you get to pick what spot, what V Max is best for you. Um, in a deck like an Arceus, you can pick any of the random colorless V Maxes, put them on your bench too. You don't have to spread your energies too thin anyway. You still can just set up and go from there, you know. Cutting those um, spaces allows you to actually put Espeon V Max in there more reliably, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. even like very relevant. So yeah, I think that this is very cool. Yeah, and it, it also like in matchups where maybe like a Crobat V Max is good in your deck, but you don't want to bench the Crobat V to give up prizes earlier. You can use this to just put the V Max down. Um, but then you can still evolve it if you're playing Crobat V, so it's like even less downside. But you're able to kind of accelerate your game plan without risking the two prizes. Since we're kind of talking about how the prize math is interesting here. Um, yeah, I mean, the Espeon, that's another great point. I'm trying to think if there's any other setup cards that I haven't talked about yet that I think are really cool with this. I'm not seeing any. It doesn't um, come to mind, but I'm sure there's, I mean, there's been VMAXs for a few years that we may just be. Yeah, things. yeah, exactly. But I, you know, I think that there's so many things you can do with this that it is super interesting. And the ability, again, just to put this into like existing shelves, like the, the one that I think is probably the coolest and simultaneously the worst is putting it into Lost Box and just using the normal engine here to set up. But, yeah, I mean, I know I'm going to try it because... Oh, you I'm, have to, right? I'm a Lost Box fiend, and, and also this If you want to get really, really wild on there, though, you can use the Lost Box engine to power up uh, the Rayquaza VMAX very easily. You... Extra draw power. Lost Gate, or uh, Mirage Gate onto it. Yeah, I mean, the issue is, like, that's going to take very little for me to be convinced to try, because yeah, I love Rayquaza. because it's cool. Yeah, I love Rayquaza. That that deck always felt like it was so close, but actually not close, but also kind of close. So yeah, no, we tried that right when it came out. That was roughly when I started playing again, and uh, we we built that deck and tried it. And it was like, man, <laughs> this is like a couple really good cards from being good, and it never got those. No, it never did. But uh, maybe this the, time. The thing that I think the most about with this card, actually, though, is uh, you know, I know I know we're kind of mixing current and rotation thoughts with these cards, but. In rotation, I think this card gets even more interesting uh-huh. because I think the the best thing Lugia can do after rotation right now is play like the single strike or rapid strike, whatever energies, because those are the only rainbow energies we're going to have available. And both of those archetypes have a lot of V maxes. Yep. And you can definitely use this to put, you know, so just as an example for single strike without having to stretch yourself too crazy because you get to play eight energies that are good. You can play. All of Duraladon, Gengar, Urshifu, uh, and Umbreon. And Umbreon's not great to get off of this. You would rather evolve into it. But if you need to just put a Dark Attacker on your bench, you know, you can grab Umbreon. Um, if you wanted to play that instead of playing Gengar, just as like an example, you know, you can use the Umbreon instead since if it's hitting for weakness, it's killing things anyway. Um, and you have those other attackers. So that, I don't know. I think it's really interesting that you have these archetypes that have all of these VMAXs right in them. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. I'm there's like there's no way I don't experiment a ton with this card. It's, it's kind of it, and like so like you just said earlier about yourself, as the brewer in you has to really love something like that because it's like there, there's so much room for activities mm-hmm. here. Yeah, I mean this this is the kind of card. This goes back to something I said about Luxray, where it's like clearly an extremely powerful card that does not mean it's an extremely good card. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is clearly a very powerful card. Like this card is actually just insane. It is one of the highest ceiling cards I've seen in a long time. We do know the entire pool of cards this will ever be able to get. We're never getting another VMAX, presumably, barring some strange promo or whatever. But so we know exactly what we can do with it already. So we don't have to worry about like this getting more broken down the line, which is also cool. Cards like this being future-proofed is good. You mm-hmm. want to release this card now and not have to limit design space later for it. This isn't a game design podcast, but well, it, it's absolutely the kind of card <laughs> that if they did mess up, it, it could get really messed up. So, and if they yeah. printed this before all the V Maxes came out, I actually bet there would have been a lot of outrage at the printing because, uh-huh. well, what if, what if, you know, and yeah. what if is a good question with this, and it's one we don't have to worry about, which is really good. Uh-huh. And I still can't get over the attack being relevant. <laughs> it's like, but like, also, like cool 170 too. is a lot of HP. Like, this doesn't even just, like, get sniped that often. This yeah, no, it's a good card. Like yeah, yeah, it's just, like... Uh, it's funny because, like, uh, there's so many things here that are, like, insane, and it still isn't, like, a slam-dunk good card because ending your turn is a big deal. You're putting things into play without the ability to power them up that turn specifically. Like, and that's why the thing in my head, you know, Lost Box and Lugia are obviously the two that really come to mind because you can... It doesn't matter that your turn ends. You can just power them up the next turn. Also, starting this sucks. Yeah, yeah, great point. Like, like, Start, uh, starting it really sucks, exactly. Yeah, so I don't know. I but I it's it's one of those things that like obviously like if you're if you're cracking product, you probably want to pack something that's worth a good bit of money. But cracking this is also exciting because you're like, well, I can finally I can get brewing. Let's let's brew. So yeah, and I don't know what the availability on this set's going to look like, but I mean, the radiant Charizard, the first printing of it, is still worth a decent amount of money. It's the only radiant that's held any value, but this this could be worth something. Yeah, and there's another Radiant Charizard in this same same thing, just different art. And like, yeah, I, I, yeah I'm hoping that the pull rates on all three Radiants is, is pretty reasonable because I would like to yeah. not see them be outrageous. But yeah, who knows? But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that puts a bow on the on the Crown Zenith discussion. Just quickly, your thoughts on 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 uh, Liverpool this week? Yeah, uh, I think um, we haven't seen a ton of movement in the meta game. Exactly, we saw some. Uh, online results for the electric decks continue to pop up on there. You know, Arc Peak, Arc Coco, and uh, Lugia Peak was the most original and new thing that we've seen. Um, but I don't, I don't think we're going to see too much movement. We haven't had a ton of. I think we've only had one European event mm-hmm. so far. So I, I expect we'll just see a lot of base level Lugia over there. Um, and that, just for the reminder, that uh, that that event was won by. Uh... Palkia of Ecovolt. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that, it. Goes back to that that crazy weekend with all the counters. Um, um, they don't seem to like playing Drapion in Europe, so we'll probably see some more Mew than we have recently mm-hmm. in US events. I mean, Mew just got second here, also, but you know, I think Mew will do well there. They also seem to like Fusion Strike Mew still. Um, sure, whatever you do, you you're allowed to be wrong, but <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I mean, they'll they'll definitely be playing those decks i think i think we'll see some decent results from those i think we'll continue to see results from lugia obviously uh i mean vika volt has been in a lot of finals do you think vika shows up again there i think vika's in the top cut i don't know that it's necessarily in the finals um yeah so this is 
I think that my my guess, and this is so it, it feels weird talking about a European regional and not talking about Tord winning. I think Tord will probably do well. Uh, if he's going, my guess is that Stefan's going to win, and it's going to be with Lugia with uh, canceling Cologne in it. I think Cologne is, is about to see it come up. For sure. I think Cologne is actually a necessary play in Lugia right now. There's so yeah. much Aerodactyl running around. I think you have to play Cologne. And I think Cologne is is interesting on top of that because Aldura also is still kind of on the come up. And uh, you don't have to do as much for the Dura matchup then. Um, you still probably need some number of vacuums because you still really want to get a Parasol knockout or a, uh, a knockout through Parasol with Yvitol, excuse me. Um, but like, you don't need to play like multiple and have to try to figure out how yep. you're going to you know, game yourself into a position where you can uh, use Eve twice or anything like that or whatever. Um, I mean, I just think the Colognes are fairly low risk. I think something that goes with that because you're playing against Vikavolt most of the time, so you need to find this out immediately is like uh, I've gotten cute in a lot of my lists and played like uh, a split of Serena's and researches. You probably just need to play like four research, go in and say, I need to find my Cologne this turn in those matchups. Um, to clone the Aerodactyl, which is fine. It's just a little bit different. Um, and I, I'm going to guess that like we're going to see, which could end up leading to good results for it, but we see a lot less respect given to Paralyze because you can't really fit both of those things. Yep. So I wouldn't be surprised if like a, a Palkia deck made it into top yeah, because of that. Um, I don't really believe in any of the other Paralyzed decks right now, but I do think the Palkia... No, yeah, I say Paralyze, and I always mean Palkia Articuno, yeah. but I say paralyzed still because the electric deck was good that very first week of Lugia yep. counters yep. And, and nobody has taken Dunsparce out of their deck since <laughs> yeah yeah my, my my guess in terms of if, if i'd be guessing like a, a top eight breakdown would probably be like uh two to three lugia two to three lost box i'll say two of each so that i can actually fit in one palk one vika sander duh and uh I don't know. Like, I, I guess Dura, I guess. I think that deck's bad, but it's, it continues to see play. Yeah, and they're I not mean, really big on Reggie over there, so I don't think Reggie will be the No, the I don't deck. expect Reggie, and they. I think someone there is still going to play Dura, and that makes sense. Dura is a popular deck with people for whatever reason. I don't know. I like not thinking. I like not showering. Yep. Uh, on that note... <laughs> We will we will call for this week. So next week we'll be back and we'll be talking about the results from Liverpool and probably hopefully bragging, but also likely complaining about our polls from Crown Zenith. And uh, so, yeah, we will catch you guys next week on Ancient Wisdom. Thanks for joining, everybody.